Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. We've just been let's catching up, but let's let's do this. Let's dive in. Let's let's meet Mr. Steve Basic, who we call the mayor of the agency. Yeah. Why? And I wonder why am I the, why am I the mayor? I think it's because you're the most charismatic, the most charming. You know everybody. You hug everybody. You make everybody feel welcome. You're always dressed yeah, nice maybe. and you smell fantastic. So you know. Wow. Agreed. Say. How did yes. you get started? What was tell us how you started as an actor? Okay, so when in I, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, and so I thought. Well, I always tell people I started when I came to Vancouver. I was traveling, and I, I saw there was a bunch of different. Uh, stuff going on in Vancouver. And I thought, wow, being a guy from Windsor, I never thought I'd leave Windsor, firstly. And, but I always had something to do. I wanted, I wanted to entertain in some way or another. I mean, it was, there was, there was the, the high school fashion shows. I think we put on some skits, funny stuff in, in high school. And then in university, somebody was advertising an act, acting class. And that was secretly my, I guess, something I always wanted to do, but you, what it's, it's like, um, you know, being a hockey player in Jamaica. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's what like being an actor in Windsor was like. Mm -hmm. I, and the other thing is there might be an ice rink in Jamaica. I didn't know, but so there was some form of, uh, but it was more the attitude. Right. And it made it self-imposed attitude because it was just something you just go, this is not, a way to make a living. This is nowhere. Like I used to be, um, when I was at the university, I see the the local newscaster for CBC in the, in the weight room. I'm like, Oh my God, he's on TV. You know, that whole thing of that could never be me or that's such a, that's such a big deal. Mm -hmm. it, it was so weird. It's like really, really weird. So I never thought about it, but then I saw this ad for an acting class and I, uh, when I was at university and I, and I decided I was going to sign up for it. The funny thing was um, the guy was, he called himself Robert Diamond and he was a car man. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course yeah. he was. And Let's he, train actors but, and con people at the same time. Oh, it's perfect. It still goes on. Right. So he, he set up some small studio. He talked a really great story. Um, and it, it was, he was expensive too. Like we, there's, and I was shocked at how many people in Windsor wanted to be actors. And so he would also do the photography. Um, and of course he took to me because, you know, like, like, well, no, it was, it was the energy I knew. And I did know everybody in Windsor. It's funny. Cause I was the mayor of Windsor too. Um, <laughs> but it was great. You know, he just, he saw what, what I thought was potential and all this stuff. But when I look back at it, it, what he did was he, he manipulated, he had a thing called the hot seat, which was a technique that he learned at Ryerson or other places. And oddly enough, Mel Tuck was someone who had taught him at Ryerson. He picked up some stuff and then he traveled through the States, did a bunch of different scams, was arrested a few times. I came to know all these things after the fact. Um, but anyways, what, when you're in it, you're like, oh, wow, this is such a great club, such, a, such an intimate thing. I'm learning stuff about myself. But when you realize later on that this is just some way of psychologically controlling the people um, and I, I came to realize that because at one point a cop had called me at my house. He recognized me from a wedding, a Croatian wedding I was at. I guess he was a boyfriend or husband of one of the Croatian women in my community. And he goes, I need to talk to you in person. 
So I was deep in it. I was about to start a studio in Buffalo. Robert uh, almost got oh. me. Yeah. Robert was going to get me to sign the lease. He couldn't sign it. He had a reason why he couldn't sign it. I think because he was wanted in the States. Which, But he made it sound really cool. <laughs> okay. So I almost signed this lease. I was going to go to Buffalo. And I ended up getting this phone call uh, from this cop, sorry, who had seen me. They stopped into the studio one night, but he recognized me. So he called me, tracked me down, called me. Back then, you know, it's not cell phones, it's personal phones. So he did a little bit of work to get a hold of me. I had to go meet him. He had an apartment downtown Windsor. He answers the door with a gun in his hand. That's never good. No, because he thought in case I was followed by this guy. That's how dangerous this guy was. Wow. Apparently, he'd assaulted a cop down in Texas. Uh, he was bad news. And he was formerly from my area, but he traveled all over the place. That was my first foray into acting. And he saved me from uh, basically getting messed because I would be the front. I would, I would have been involved in, and responsible for the lease on the property. And he saved me. So I think that was probably, I think, year two of university. And I finished four years. So I well, actually thought... a scary thought, situation. I mean, here you are oh, at university. Thought, you're very... You're, even though we think we know everything, we're still very vulnerable. Yeah. We're still very, you know, malleable. And there's, you know, we do look to these people as, as we do coaches oh, and agents guru. as kind of gurus, mentors, mentors yeah. leaders. So, yeah. so mm -hmm. my first experience with it was, Oh fuck, I'm so lucky I got out of that. Right. Um, and so I finished my degree and then, uh, about a year after I finished my degree, I had a, had a couple of little businesses and was doing okay. And, like did the road trip out West and uh, saw a bunch of different sets. And um, I was like, wow. So it kind of woke, kind of woke that up again and uh, decided to head West, sell my business. And then I was on my way to LA, but stopped in Vancouver because I realized why well, I'm a green card. I didn't have a lot of money, but I was so naive. I thought between modeling and acting, I would never have to wait another table. Well, I waited tables for another six years at least. <laughs> I was working, but that was basically the start of it. And, uh, you know, my first, my first gig was my third audition in and I booked a guest star on 21 jump street. And that was my first speaking role. And it was huge. Everyone huge. thought I was from LA, you know, and you know, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I read a couple of books, um, shirt lift audition. That's how I got the part. And it was I a shirt lift audition. Shirtliff, yeah, his book, um, Michael Shirtliff, and uh, oh, Shirtliff. Was, I thought you said shirtless. I'm like, <laughs> shirtless no, audition. No. That was how I got, that's how audition. I got some other, That's how I got some other roles. Um, <laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, but that's how it started. So so then um, yeah, so I got into it. Started working pretty quick, but never enough to put me over over the edge until later. And yeah, what were some of your favorite projects? You have a huge resume. Do you have any favorite um, projects or favorite people that you've worked with over the years? Yeah, I mean, I still say Hopkins. Yeah, we do. Sure, but I was gonna say, you know, you you think as for me, for me, it's the overall. I think it's a combination of things. It's the overall experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's it's an event. Sometimes it's a play. Sometimes it's it's the material itself that I would respond to if it's challenging and I can accomplish the goal. And, um, yes, working, um, with, with, um, with Anthony Hopkins was fantastic. It was, it hit all those criteria working with an icon, difficult scene, 
And you basically had to become vulnerable in front of someone who could, you know, literally like, not that I care if that's how someone judges it, but I would definitely want the respect, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, things went really well. So that was an awesome experience. And then, uh, actually riding an elephant. <laughs> that's one of my, it wasn't about the acting. It was about being on a damn elephant. What and getting project paid for was it. that? That was Jeremiah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately Luke Perry's not with us anymore, but, uh, you know, got to work with Luke. He was a great guy. Um, but Ty, Ty the elephant had to ride up a hill and the director was like, stop smiling. <laughs> You're supposed to take this seriously, Steve. I, I, oh yeah. It was, it was post-apocalyptic and everything, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. It was just so fun. You're supposed really to act serious. That. Elephants exactly. are really quite spiky, though. Their fur is. Oh, they're not. Rough. Yeah, she looked fluffy, but she was not. <laughs> no, I hear you get like massive chafing sitting on them, even with yeah. the on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that 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 was that was a great experience, and uh, you know, uh, I did a show. Uh, well, obviously, the working on on uh, on Big Love was was pretty awesome, and that that in not the material itself, but the show because of, you know, it, it gotten a lot of acclaim and, but it was great that, you know, just getting paid to go back and forth to sunny California, you know, mm-hmm. staying in a nice hotel. Most of the time I was sitting by the pool. It wasn't really about the work. It was just these little weekly vacations I got to do for a little while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much try to find in any role something enjoyable mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, you would think, oh, this is going to be the thing that, that puts me over. This is the one that's, you know, going to satisfy me. But no, it's like a meal. Once the meal is done, you, you're hungry again. Does that it's make a great sense? metaphor. Kind of like, is there any type of work or type of projects that really inspire you or get you going creatively that you really enjoy? I like, I like, a, I, I like characters. I like characters that are complex, like in terms of, um, you know, you think they're, they're you know, they, they can be written two dimensionally, right? But if you can add, if you can add a humorous moment, even if it's just internal, in a very tragic situation, and sometimes scripts and, and projects support that, and they may, sometimes they, they even know they're supporting that, but they give you that leeway, you know, and, and to really fully dive into something that where your vulnerability can be exploited, or your insanity can be exploited you're allowed to go and be human in the most extreme way versus just a talking head. And even if you're a talking head, that you could be a talking head with extreme story going underneath it. Like there's this current that's just going mental under calm waters like that kind of stuff. It's, it's both, both challenging and frightening at the same time, because you, you're, you're forced to sort of examine your life. You're exposed to examine your existence. And I think, like, I think I've had sort of um, a revitalization in my career recently. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of, like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not as jaded as some people I know that have been at it for, for as long as I have. I've, I've, found, I've found new creative license. And it's really getting back to being as human as you possibly can be. And grateful. And knowing, yeah. And knowing and how to control grateful. that. Always. Oh, yeah. And I'm hum- and hopefully humble. I mean, because I realize that it's just a lot of his luck too. Like, you know, you realize he's got to be at the right time, got to be prepared. It's got to be, all these things have to line up and, and 
you know, sometimes you take somebody else's job and sometimes they take yours. So, but I think uh, the greatest, the greatest challenge is being able to utilize a toolbox of emotions, history, techniques, and all those things, which are basically you and be able to put them back in at the end of your job so that you're not carrying that shit around in your everyday life because it's a fucking job and you have it at the door. Yeah, exactly. I get it. It's a business, but you got to have, you got to have your own identity. And I think if you have a true identity and you fully understand who you are and accept who you are, then you can equally, you can share that without being, you know, worried about whether people accept it or not. It's like my approach to auditioning is it's a gift. If yes. you can accept it or not accept it. My creation, I created, made, I, baked you, I baked you a cake. <laughs> <laughs> and also authenticity. Authenticity. Be humble. Be grateful. Be authentic yeah. in everything you do. If social media is not your jam, don't think you have to push it constantly. Yeah. If you don't want to walk carpets, which who knows when we're going to see a carpet, uh, you don't want to do the typical. I got one right here. (laughs) Red, red, Stevie, red. No, I I love it when people are just truly who they are. And I have artists who definitely are more introverted and I celebrate that. I have artists that are more outgoing and extroverted and I celebrate that too. But you don't have to force yourself to be someone you aren't. Be authentic, be humble, and do the work. Exactly. It's interesting. You brought up a really interesting point about utilizing what you have in your toolbox, but also being able to put it away. Do you find after certain projects having to almost recover from them because of where you've gone? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely residue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I never, I never, I would, I never considered, you know, method as a technique, but I've never had to because our projects come and go so quick that the residue is minimal. Even if you're going super heavy into it, like if you have an extremely emotional scene where you where you have to live through a death or, or you know, someone that you love leaving, um, those those come and go so quick and the next project comes or life interrupts. And so you gotta get, you get jarred out of it and you realize it's it's just a moment. But then there's other times where you're, you're, you're working and you have to do this for 20, 30 days and that's, that's not happened a lot for me, but it, it, especially if like, if it's, if it's a movie, if it's a series, you can kind of jump in and out, you know, cause you're used to it. But if it's a movie, it's, it can be, you know, anywhere from 10, 20, 30 days of that character, that life, that situation. And I found that if I'm not aware of it, I'll be like, why, why, what's going on? Like, I like that person, but why are we having a problem offset? Cause our characters mm-hmm. are having a problem on set. Mm-hmm. Right, and you kind of have to. I, I personally, I have to identify that because I'm I'm pretty sensitive to it, and I go, oh, okay, it's because of that. So then I don't sweat the offset stuff. They can think I'm an asshole if they want. Like when I did Lemonade, I got so much heat from the crew. That uh, was the indie feature like, that you sent me a selfie with a certain item on your dashboard. Do you remember that? Correct. Yeah, Jacques. <laughs> Jacques, Jacques the dildo. Yes. <laughs> he sent me the selfie of a dildo on the dashboard. I'm like, oh, it was an indie. I was, love it because the person was like, we want to practice with something that's real so that we get the movement. <laughs> I mean, do you really need to do that? <laughs> That's what we thought. Oh my God. It was like, I used to, it's again, <clears throat> but, but hey, you know, bless them all because 
everyone's got their own technique for yeah. how they want to how they want to create a moment. But I just I thought it was hilarious. I remember trying to rehearse. There's that one scene where my character's getting forces the the uh, the other character to jerk him off. <laughs> you know, and it's like we rehearsed with Jacques the dildo. <laughs> And 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 you and it was never shot like like erotic. It was never because it was traumatic, and it was all it was all on on, on the actress's face. No, really not all it. on the actress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just, I'm sitting here uh, thinking, I'm like, coverage, what an interesting position to be in. The coverage. I know. Oh my <laughs> God. I have so to go funny. there. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there in, in his black SUV somewhere in Montreal. And and um, she pulls out the a box and she says, uh, I brought this for rehearsal. And, and I'm like, what is it? It's, and it's this dildo. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? This is so weird. Memories, right, Steve? Oh, yeah. But that She's probably trying to so make that, you just as uncomfortable as the girl then. <laughs> like, oh, I don't this? know. <laughs> some, some people would love that shit. But I was like, oh, man. But that character definitely had a bit of residue that... Not that not only did I feel, but I think the the crew felt. You know, it was like. Could you imagine how right now we're on digital? Remember when we were on film? These movies would go on for four months, not twenty eight right. days. Or mm. what was? Uh, trying to think of those all the war movies were six months like i think schindler's oh, list yeah. like six seven months of you living in these characters and these heavy dramatic gritty characters i couldn't imagine unraveling after that yeah now it's quick i mean the the amount of focus you would have to have to do that and mm -hmm. and because you know when you're only doing uh a page or two a day or, or you're doing this it's really hard it's really really hard to stay up for 20 takes 30 takes. I mean, on Eliminate, I, we did 50, 60 takes. Same, it's same. Oh man, there was at one point, I, I the scene in the car, it's just, it's just disgusting. It goes somewhere, but it was like to a point where you got broken down to where you weren't even thinking about it. You weren't even doing it, which is what I really admired about it. So that, that goes, it's like, so there was a skill to the technique, like the way the director brought, brought it around was to break it down and, and, and actually um, in Romania, they had that, they would, they, they would always do that. They'd spend like they, they'd have this, the camera would move. They just let you get in it and keep you in it. it. Just kept you in it until you were it. You were immersed, you know? It almost reminds me a bit of the shining with Stanley. Um, yeah. With, yeah. And just some of the, the way that the director was uh, treating I can't remember yeah. her name right now. Gorilla filmmaking, throw you in the deep end you, and leave you there. Yeah, but that's what I'm going. Wait a minute. There's other. There's a more efficient. I think there's a more efficient way if you got a good tool tool set. Well, like I was going to ask you about that and spin into that because you've been a coach for a very long time as well. Yeah. What advice do you have to actors? Well, um, <laughs> careful where you get your advice. It's really important. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very important that you, I think every actor should, before they're taking any advice from anyone, do some due diligence, you know, don't just listen to someone that's giving you, making you feel good, because that's, that's just bullshit. It's just, you know, anyone can make you feel good, take it away, make you feel good, take it away. When you look at even uh, um, Strasberg or Uta Hagen or, or uh, Meisner, or all these people, they were just a bunch of young 20 something year olds 
who had studied Stanislavski's method. Some agreed with it, some did not agree with it. If, they, if every actor did their research, they'd realize that all the things that some people are celebrating, saying this is the only road to being creative, or this is the greatest, like, you know, uh, saying Shakespeare was the greatest or whatever. He was just the most popular playwright. So if we took popularity as the guideline and you look at what's on TV right now, is that really art? Is that the best there is? Or is there someone that's way better, way more artistic, way more outspoken, but is unknown? So I think, again, people have to figure out it's their own power. You can make your own choices. So to an actor, I would say, have your own power, have your own choices. Don't give it away. Don't be so insecure that you think somebody else is better than you. You know, obviously get some mentoring, get some coaching, get some guidance, but test it, test it, figure out we're, we're in a unique position because what are we, what are we in the business of doing? We're in the business of being ourselves in a, in a different situation, given a given. So I don't think you have to literally remove yourself and play a character. You just have to put yourself into that character's life. But the only thing we can use is our own perspective. And our perspective is not going to change unless we experience more things. So therein place creativity. You don't need a coach for creativity. You just got to be willing to play, you know, but it's like anything. We just, we're, we're sort of fed this whole thing that you need someone else. That's all marketing. You need something else or someone else to make you whole or complete. And I say, no, man, you got to fucking figure that shit out and not, wait for someone else to make choices for you. As an actor, you gotta make your choices. That's why, I mean, knee-jerk reaction to the audition thing. The, 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 the worst feeling is to do all this work and then go, oh, but they want it in this box. They want it in this cookie cutter sort of thing. Therefore, then what am I? Am I a talking machine? Am I a prop? I don't wanna be that. It takes all the joy out of it, right? So. You know, having said all that, I think people still have to figure out a way to navigate all those little landmines and appease certain people. And their trust, your instincts. Trust, your instincts. trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Your instincts say, this is yeah. not the coach. This is not the agent. This is not the time. This is not the role. Trust your instincts. They're telling you something. Exactly. I'm and, in and, quarantine because I ignored my instincts. Right. Thank and you. But so, okay. So let's go back. Let's go back to that. So instincts. So this is an observation you know, as a parent, I go, people, people were told so many times we've been told, oh, kids shouldn't be exposed to this. I go exposed to what the truth, because if a child is children and animals, if they feel energy, right? When they're young, you're tuned in and then are told nothing's wrong or this is that when it's not that they're lied to. So they're empathetic, growing, they need to know the truth, even if they're young. Exactly. So, so there was a way to do it nicely, but I think, I think people don't give uh, uh, young kids and children and babies enough. They, they can handle it, but what they can't handle is later on, they go, well, this feels like shit. Oh, but they're, but they seem good. Or this seems like a good deal or cause you say they don't trust instincts because their instincts aren't tuned in. So it's one of those things where if your instincts have been programmed by the wrong programmer, you're fucked. So you got to go back in and figure out that's the, the biggest thing for an actor to do is really be honest and go, who am I? What's my core beliefs? Why do I believe that? How much of this do I want to keep? What do I want to, what do I want to give away? And like, ultimately we're just playing a persona of, of a bunch of different beliefs 
And, mm-hmm. and what are those beliefs? So the cool thing is like, okay, this is my persona. This is who I am. This is me. Now, what about what, what's on the page over here? How much of this is me and how much of this is the writer's imagination? Now, how can I meld my imagination with the writer's imagination and create something totally new? But the essence is me and the essence is him or her, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where it's fun. Absolutely. Good times. Every kid that you've coached from our agency has turned into a little star. So we yeah. have to thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Then that I, you tried your hat at directing. That's right. Well, the directing actually, I think, came out of, out of the, well, actually it was weird. Cause yeah, cause well, when I was, when I was coaching, I ended up like, I had a lot of success with other, other like kids as well. that weren't necessarily from your agency, which ended up, that's when I ended up getting adult classes too. But, um, the, what I found was I, I was more visual with, with what the lens was going to see. What's the experience of the lens? And even if you don't have acting experience, how do I create, especially with the, with the kids. And then I worked with the adults too. It's like, how do I, re- if I can't get you to figure it out yourself, how do I recreate that and give the lens what I think it needs from my interpretation of it? So technically I was directing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I found that actually enjoyable, except for the fact people weren't paying for a three-hour session. But I would get them to a place where the tape was really good. They, they would get either a screen test or an agent or something, but then they would blow it on the other end because they couldn't do what I was doing with them. Um, but that, en- that ended up getting me into more thinking about directing and um, I had an opportunity to do a short film with, with uh, the Vancouver police that was supposed to be a uh, a piece that would create more of a sensitivity from the public towards the cops, what they had to go through. It was, it was about, um, you know, there's the survivors their children or, or their, or their wives or spouses, if they'd passed on, you know, it was, it, uh, uh, above was called uh, beyond the call. That was the name of the, the short film. And it's actually really, actually we just watching it. It's actually really good. And I put that together for the cops. I had, um, someone assist me from, uh, from real one. And uh, when I was talking, when I was doing films for real one, I offered Jill to look at scripts and fix scripts for him because I was always doing that on set. And then pretty much just after that, he offered me to do a film, you know, shoot a, a, a sort of a little thriller for a lifetime. And it was a 14 day shoot, never done it before in my life, except for that short film. But um, I survived 60 cops and told them what to do. And, and man, it, it was over two, I managed 16 pages over two days. So I figured I could probably do a feature as long as I got a hold of the content, which, which they fought me on, but I, I was able to sort of manipulate the lines so the actors would say them. I knew, I knew what actors wouldn't say, what would get sticky for them. And then they allowed me to massage the script to a point where it was doable. And then I just, what I, what I didn't know was, you know, how to communicate with the DP or the camera operators or even ADs. I learned that on the fly, but what I did know was composition. You know, I luckily had my phone. I want this. We're going to do that. But I really focused on was the characters. And I focused what, what I as an actor would want from a director. And I did well as a first time director to go from 14 to 12 days was a huge thing. And Mm. I didn't even know half, half my sets weren't even set yet. I didn't have, half my locations, but I didn't care. So for me, it was about set, like 
okay, you watch any, I watch any movie right now, any TV show, we bring in the characters, doesn't matter what the location is, we set them down or we, or we, or we make them stop walking or we have a, you know, it's like a walk and talk, whatever. And we set the frame and we, and we chop, 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 chop. So I'm going, what's the most important thing about that? I mean, we want a fluid transition. We want to establish your, yeah, we can be clever. We can do some HBO stuff, whatever. We can shoot through a window. But the most important thing is what's going on right here. Mm-hmm. So I want to communicate those, those ideas. And so, you know, communication bottom line was the most important thing. It took a, it takes a lot key. of, we say that in yeah. the business communication is key in any part of this business. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to be able to say the things that might cause a problem. But mm-hmm. I guess there's mm-hmm. a better, there's a, there's a, it's a tonality. How do I say this thing? How do I communicate this thing without, okay, I don't mean to offend anyone, but we got to get moving. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. If someone needs something from me, hopefully they can ask me in a way that I feel respected and that we're, but if they're giving me a better idea, let's, let's try it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, you have two speak. shows coming back, Julian, the Phantoms and Virgin River. Are you excited? Get back oh, to work. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be very different though. A lot of masks. Yeah, but Maybe I've been working on my dance moves. Yeah. Ooh. I have. What you got? I've been working a bit. I've been TikTok. Actually, Lily put out a TikTok with me and her. And she said that her her viewers or her went up by 50%. Wow. And it, was, it wasn't even our best video. <laughs> You're just very entertaining. I think for me, though, no, I was sitting in the office with Nicole and the, the photo comes through of your face. Nicole, what was that? 15 feet high. Oh, oh God. On the wall. And I'm like, we redid the office. And I sent you that photo. <laughs> That's Because the set deck had sent it to me and you hadn't yeah. seen it yet. And there's your face for Julian the Phantoms on Netflix. So That's, that's is it? Did you hear officially? Are they back? I've heard they're coming yeah. back. But yeah, I, I just, I just want to I mean, see your apartment with your big face on it again. Because that was incredible. I don't know what, I, I don't know what they did with that big ass face. Mm, you don't have it. You don't have it in your bedroom above your bed. <laughs> my walls. What, what, my, yeah, that'd be <laughs> terrifying. If it one of those like peel off stickers that you could just put on any wall. <laughs> yeah, you need that oh, in some grand staircase. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back to this one thing about directing. Okay, mm-hmm. so the one thing, even though it was 12 days, I, everyone danced in and out when they were wrapped for the day. I made them dance. That's amazing. And I had everyone clap, and we still got the show done under time, under budget. And it sold for better than most of their regular budgeted shows we're doing. So, you know what that's a guru does that I know? success. They mm-hmm. do that. A guru I know that's very well known in the world, Diane Vamal, he's trained a bunch of my actors. He does that. When you come into his workshops, you have to dance in. And when you're done, yeah. you have to dance the group to unite the yeah. group. It's a great it way. It feels good. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. And had Teamsters dancing too. They, were, they said, no, I might waltz. But by the end, they were all dancing. I love so it. that that's the thing. To, so it's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. It just it was something that felt the stress had to happen. And so, yeah. I mean, if, as a lesson, yeah, shit, I think we're better when we're, when we're having fun, when we're create we're more, more creative when we're, when we're free than when we're fearful. Yes. Which is another big thing for actors to take away. Don't, you know, and if you do have fear, use that, use whatever energy you have in that moment. Don't be afraid of that energy. You know, creativity. Um, and don't don't ever take if someone's abusing you, whether it's your agent, your coach, your your whoever, like or director, never never take that in personally. That's them. It's got nothing to do with you. 
I totally But even what you've just said, I mean, dance it out. Even if an actor is learning lines, they're getting a block, they're stressed, they're frustrated, put on one song and dance it out for five minutes. Go back to the work. Change your state. Reset. Change your state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Change your state. No, that's, that's, I would, I would often get, get, if it was, if it was kids and they couldn't get past something, I'd make them do their lines by doing jumping jacks or doing dancing or something silly. And even with adults, it works. It really works because it's, it's about what is the equivalent of that energy? If it's nerves, if it's tears, if it's rage, it's just, it's, it's a heightened state. So we can, we can, we can attack that from, if I can't attack it from your history, if you don't want to give me that, I'll attack it through a physical act, you know, so we can get there. So I think, I think in terms of why I was effective when I was coaching kids or adults, whatever, which I haven't, I haven't been doing it that much recently. I haven't really been doing a lot of it, but I'm kind of interested in getting back into it. But um, I think that's why I was successful because I was able to use on or unconventional methods. Do you remember the day that actress, young actress had a callback, basically a test and she just finished shooting and she had a block and she had a meltdown in my bathroom in my office. And here comes Steve to the rescue and he gets her outside and they have a moment. I, I remember asking you, I think you guys danced it out or you were singing or you were talking, you were doing something. You got her refocused. You got her in that mm -hmm. room and she got the job and it was a huge yeah. lead. It's recentering yeah. the artist recentering the actor, grounding them back, bringing them back to the basics. Mm, back to the basics. Ah. <laughs> uh. Basics. Boom, boom. Boom, yeah. boom. So Stevie, what advice would you give your younger self getting into the industry? Um, well, it's the same thing I would, I say to people now, uh, never be desperate. You know, the most appealing thing for anyone is, is confidence. Now you go confidence. If you walk into a room, walk into any situation, uh, get to figure out who you are, accept who you are and share who you are. That's it. You know, it's great. Advice. Desperation, desperation really sucks. Even if you have a, a, a great story and you, can, you can't repeat it, it's use it. That's your tool. That's in your toolbox who gives a shit or fuck if you can't use that when you can use the stuff that's happened to you and you can pull it out and share that that's something that's what we pay for right but we don't want to hear about it all the time it's it'll di dilute it it takes its power away you know mm -hmm. less is more until it's necessary i like yeah it. Can we mm -hmm. talk about being humble, go in the room, be humble, check your ego at the door, focus on the work, focus on the role. That's right. And then, that's you the moment, be your right? authentic self and just take that moment and then let it go. Like you that's just right. mentioned, desperation, casting can smell it. Producers feel it. You have to walk in there as you humble you doing the work, not putting you're the weight yeah, you're, that you're this is going to pay your bills that this yeah. has to happen or you can't pay your rent or you won't be okay or you won't succeed as an actor. That's not true. Don't put that weight on those appointments. Yeah. Walk in, yeah. do the work, leave. Exactly. And then pray to hell that it's you. <laughs> Unless go, go, the job turns out to be awful, then pray yeah. that it's you. <laughs> but just go, go, go live, go live a, a different, go live a life. If you really want to, it's like people are like, if you really want to be an artist, be an artist. If you want to be an actor, go do something for free. Nothing's preventing you from doing this, doing this job. It's just like, you want it, you want that, that role, or you want, you know, 
for what for what reason do you want that like, if you're really an artist be an artist you know and you know i was just talking to someone about this yesterday about you know actors acting is the only profession where you're not constantly training but then i'm going yeah but where are you going to constantly train where uh with a theater group with with this with an acting coach are you going to do scene study all the time so what you're doing is you're you're living a substitute life to counterfeit for a real life i say live a real life and draw from that because children can do it like that they have imagination they they have no fear so if anything be more tuned in with if you're feeling something tune in what am i feeling what happened and that's okay let's put that one away so when that situation comes up in the script i know what that feels like it's also you know, more authentic absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely i mean it's it's there, yes there's something to be said with you know with voice training with movement this and that but very minimally we all know how to walk we all know how to talk it's giving yourself permission to do it fully that's it that's if there's any coaching you need to get that's the coaching you need <laughs> and i think that people need to feel full and complete without a thing or someone be a complete person on your own you don't need someone else to tell you how to tune into yourself just tune into yourself and you need a good partner which is your agent right steve oh, we're talking about we're talking about acting now <laughs> we're talking about life yes <laughs> no definitely well and that's such a unique relationship because it's a it's a business yet personal relationship mm-hmm. and both both sides have to be willing to do their part in trust you what know? do you look for in your team trust mm-hmm. yeah me too communication you know if something comes up don't don't hold it in ask the question for actors but that that's a that's a double edged sword for an actor because you know i've i've had enough people cross my path that are want want to you know they're wanting to get into the business they're so desperate you know like i've i've made a conscious choice not to pay attention too much to what's sometimes i won't watch what's in the city cuz i don't want to see roles you know cuz then i'll go Michelle why did i what happened there what happened there now i just focus on what's in front of me you know, and, but to get to that point, you got to have the conversation with your agent. You got to have an understanding and it's not, a, it's in that understanding. It's like a car. It has to be tuned up. Mm-hmm. You can't just set it and forget it. You got to, you got to check in. If it's like but not therapy, daily. <laughs> how are yeah. you doing? How are us yeah. doing? How are but we not, feeling? But, it, but, it, but the, I think, I think the, you know, the, the career does deserve uh, an examination every mm-hmm. so often whether it's three months six months are we are we going in the same direction are we in the right direction because as an as an agent agent's got a life agent's got things going on too like sometimes i do sorry yeah <laughs> very oh, rarely got, as much oh, as people will got, believe to the contrary <laughs> you guys got more you guys got more life and sass than i know <laughs> that's hilarious well not for the last yeah. 10 days but Definitely well, next good. week. Next week, I'm going to make for up yourself. for two weeks. Yes, Nicole. Watch out, been watch raging. out, fellas. Watch out, fellas. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, I'm on the two, loose. Two watch weeks, out. Two weeks of lock, lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's but, on the prowl. But it, you know, in terms of any, any, it's again, it's 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 a relationship that requires communication, and then at some point, you got to trust. You can't be paranoid. Mm-hmm. You cannot be paranoid. But again, it's for, you know, I, okay. So I, I toyed around with the helping, like I wanted to develop people, manage mm-hmm. people and like develop talent, become a personal coach in regards to 
you know, really like give them my time for nothing and commission them later. But what I realized was, man, how much care actors need. And I couldn't imagine being an agent because you got people, what, why didn't this happen? Or why did that happen? Or, you know, it's, it's fine to ask the question, but let it go. Don't, don't go back and beat the horse. You got to get on with your life, but it's, it's difficult dealing with, or an actor would go, well, I know you said this, but this person said that I go, have you tested it? Test it. Does this work for you? If it doesn't work for you, try the other thing. Does it work for you? But don't make me make a decision for you. Make your own fucking decision. I think you what's know? hard is that it's, you know, it's always been an interesting dynamic agent actor relationship because you're definitely dealing with different emotions, different, you know, stages in their career, uh, depending on their job that they're working on, the late hours, how exhausted they are, and now add COVID protocols on top of all of that. So Nicole and I are definitely learning right now, learning to adapt and to handle things differently. I mean, now there's actually reps we can call and there's intimate consultants and there's, you know, protocol reps to call. I mean, it's, Oh, fuck. I need more creating jobs here. COVID. (laughs) Thank you. COVID. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. New jobs, intimate support person yeah uh, extra long q-tip tester yeah <laughs> COVID favorite tester on set. person <laughs> so crazy could you imagine there's actually someone in the crew that forces people to wash their hands on most sets as they're walking in and then they fever test them and then they mask and glove them before they walk into the set yeah that's the germaphobe general fun time and it's and honestly like you can have a fever and not have COVID. Yeah. You could have you the know. flu. You, you could have a hangover. You I'm working on mine for tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was warm this morning. Oh my God. Steve, it's so good to see you. And thank you for being such a trooper and checking on me during these days that I've been stuck inside. Yeah, no worries. Actors, that's another thing. You know, Steve checked on me. I'm going through something. He knows I've got his back and he checked on me. Check on your agent. Make sure they're okay during this time, even if they're not in quarantine. Yeah, they're humans. Yeah. This we got to remember, bro. Yeah. (laughs) We all got to be nice to each other. 